Hello, and welcome to the Vitality Women Leading Audaciously podcast. I am Jennifer Helene, CEO of Purposeful Ventures, devoted to naturally innovative solutions for the realignment of humanity. We believe that stories connect us, dismantling the illusion of separation, causing healing. This interview will be 20 to 30 minutes long, and I look forward to sharing on Common Ground. Lisa, welcome to Women Leading Audaciously. We're talking today about vitality, um, and I'd love to have you tell us a little bit more about your story, what you do, and how you got there. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so my story starts out kind of boring. I feel like I, I've been in the public relations industry since I graduated from college, which is unlike most people that graduated from PR, they go into sales, and I stuck it out in PR. And... I started to get pretty bored after about 10 or 15 years of owning an agency because in public relations, everything was the same mechanics. You pitch the journalist, the journalist was the gatekeeper, everyone's pitching the same journalist, and then the journalist decides whether or not you, you know, your story gets featured, you get quoted. And then all of a sudden Google came along and search engines and digital and social media and Facebook and I had this, you know, kind of aha moment when I started going and attending some of these search engine strategy conferences as a PR professional, you know, it was, I was the only female, it was a male dominated tech industry. I just wanted to learn everything. And I felt like I got my MBA going to this conference because I felt like, wow, public relations is going to be reinvented, re-energized all this opportunity. We have such a huge influence over search and social and marketing more than ever before. And fast forward to today, most PR professionals are still stuck in the PR box. They're not really, they don't really get how much they can influence search and social. And um, it's been a great ride. I've been an entrepreneur agency owner for now for 20 years and super energized, but it's been a lot of educating and a lot of educating my, my clients, um, educating through books, educating my staff, and so this year I was having the best year ever profit wise, new business wise. And I just got super burned out, super frustrated. Clients became toxic, more toxic than ever. Expectations became super unrealistic. I have three kids. One of them was a high school grad, you know, high school senior when the pandemic hit, you know, she got you know taken down with depression and anxiety. I'm sorry. And yeah, and I just um, kind of got to a point where something had to give, and I had a couple passion projects that were started that I wasn't able to do, and I just took a step back and said, you know what, I can't resign from being a mom. That's where I really need to put my energy. Yeah. I um, started this little passion project called Female Disruptors that was creating my own publication that I could be my own editor and I could be my own gatekeeper and you know, mm. you know, be able to feature women that are disrupting in their field. And, um, you know, I just decided like, look, I'm going to like, you know, do what's bringing me, connecting me with the most joy. And that is this passion project that is that my kids and that's, you know, possibly taking my expertise and my PR secrets and creating a course and going one to one and, and one to many instead of one to one and kind of taking control over my time that I felt had been hijacked. Um, wow. So, yeah. So big changes this year. 
Oh, yeah, for you and for many. I love it. Uh, lots of long time in PR. And by the way, I don't think there's anything kind of boring about PR. I don't know why. Maybe I have that delusion, uh, you know, but PR just seems like just so much fun. Um, and, and honestly, people are consuming media uh, in, in, in that way um, in terms of, you know, how people are. It's just fascinating to see what's happened with influencers and how advertising has shifted and consolidated itself and moved away from TV. I mean, it's just it's just fascinating um, what is happening in the modern day with PR. Um, that is true. It's definitely sexier, more exciting, more opportunity. Like there has never been more opportunity for small businesses, every yeah. size business than today's landscape of media. Like it's just, it's really unbelievable. I feel like the game keeps changing too. I mean, even what was happening with Google ads, you know, three years ago is totally different than what's happening today. And Facebook ads, the same thing. So it's, it's just really, it's just constantly reinventing itself. Um, and you're right. We have more opportunity today than ever. Um, and, and it kind of troubles me sometimes because very qualified people, if they're not in the PR game are not actually famous, successful, you know, sometimes celebrity doctors and people in my industry are not as actually as qualified as they should be to have the, the level of influence that they have. So it's like, it's like, this is like the missing link for so many people who have important information to get out to the masses at this time, because it's a critical time, I believe on the planet for this, this, you know, what we're moving into as, as a culture and as, as humanity, really. It's true. And I just actually did a webinar that was um, especially for entrepreneurs. And one of the things I touched on with entrepreneurs is this thing called imposter syndrome or that you're not worth, you're not worth the media coverage. You're not really, are you really the expert when you really are? And I feel like a lot of times, like Mm. the most, um, the, the people that have the, the most qualifications don't really see themselves like that. So they're, they're, <laughs> right. you know, they're like, well, why would somebody want to talk to me? And then there's the ones that feel like, oh, you know, I'm the smartest and I'm the one that they need, everybody needs to talk to. And they're really the ones that have like this big ego, but maybe less of the certification <laughs> or qualifications. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, you know, when you said the word, when I read the words, like when, you know, you know, when we decided to do the, the podcast today, I'm like female disruptor. And it was like, part of me is like, yes, I'm a female disruptor. And another part of me is like, got, I wouldn't call it an imposter syndrome, but something like in me, like, am I really a female disruptor? Um, and I know that a lot of my thinking around um, solutions for health and for happiness um, are disruptive the way I envision it um, and how I've consolidated the thought leadership that I've had for the last, you know, almost 30 years now. And, uh, but then I like, what, what is a female disruptor exactly? Well, yeah. I mean, I think what you just described as yourself that, you know, I would describe, you know, any, any women that are, you know, breaking the rules and going out of the box and getting out of the, the way that it's been the same old, same old and making up new rules and new ways of thinking and new ideologies and new, you know, Uber is, is, you know, a disruptive, yes, it is disrupted, you know, and so, you know, that's things like that are happening, you know, on a, on a, you know, maybe like a huge brand way, but also females that are influencing the disruption and it could be moms, you know, that are, you know, learning to do things different and, you know, say no to certain things that, you know, every generation before said yes. And, you know, they're, you know, they're kind of, 
just making up their own rules. So then I'm you know, definitely just, a disruptor. <laughs> yeah, I'm you are. You definitely are. You definitely are. Yeah. And I mean, I would consider myself a disruptor because I said, you know, look, I'm going to do PR different and I'm going to start. I thought it was going to be, everybody was going to be thinking the same way, but not everybody still is. So isn't that the funniest you know, thing? Like we don't even yeah. realize we're disrupting because we're so, it's so a part of the air we breathe and the lens we're looking through that we can't even see it in a, in a way. <laughs> and if I had a name disruptors that we all know, you know, Madonna, Suzanne Summers, Lady yeah. Gaga, right. Britney Spears, Paris mm-hmm. Hilton. I mean, right. they really in some way, shape or form, you know, kind of said, no, I'm going to do this this way. And yeah, Alice and, Waters. And, yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, are influencing that, whatever that thing is. That Joan of Arc. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Magladen. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, uh, in its time, I think women are also being, um, being acknowledged and honored as opposed to being demonized. Although some are still being demonized, but, um, you know, I think that it's time. And I think there's a readiness now also for, uh, and space for females to disrupt and rise. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. Unfortunately, the pandemic was a huge setback for many women. Oh my and gosh. Many, yeah. Full-time chef, tutor, housekeeper, um, business right. owner. I mean, it, it, it's been, it's exhausting. And I think that's why we're seeing, especially right now, the fatigue of it all. And then women trying to kind of pick up the pieces and, you know, like, the landscape does not look the same as it did pre-COVID. Let's just say that. Yeah. I went to a couple in-person conferences that um, both of them, I was shocked at the number of women that were not there and yeah. felt really, really, um, really just kind of almost invisible in some ways because, you know, the less women, um, it's like the guys that were there didn't really notice as much as I did because they're all just like, they haven't seen each other in forever. And it's kind of like not as noticeable. So right. it's, it's, um, we've really got a lot of work to do. Well, we do. And I think you said it early on and, and I had a similar thing. So, um, my, when you when our kids are not well, you know, like my daughter went through a period of, you know, depression and anxiety and it's, it's, you really, you really don't have the space to create. You don't have the space to, to, to do what you want to do, or you have to reevaluate what you're doing to make space for that, you know? And yeah. it, it's almost it's almost as if our health would have been compromised, right? Because, and, and it's such a difficult position. I don't know how old, was it your daughter or son that was in this predicament? My daughter, she's 19 now. So she was um, 17 when the pandemic hit. Yeah. And, and my daughter was a little younger when it hit, but I just, and, and, and I, she's moved through it, which is great. Um, but it, when it happens, it's like, you just, I just felt so helpless, yeah. And on the one side, like dropping my career and just focusing on that would have been the wrong thing to do. And at the same time, I couldn't focus too much on my career either because I had to be so present, even though I was being shut out. It's like yeah. a different kind of presence. Like you have to be like intuitively present in order yeah. for, um, it was, it's a, it was a really difficult space to navigate. So I just want to commend you for the shift that you made and so beautiful how it all worked out, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. It wasn't easy. And, um, you know, at the beginning of this year, I'd say around February, I just started feeling like, um, like kind of like crumbling. And I just didn't know what was wrong with me. And, you know, I had never really, I don't want to say I had suicidal thoughts, but 
this is this is like the, the breaking point was when one of my clients, their website was down and we had got the username and password a few weeks before just to do some like nothing changes. And I'm like, oh my God, like what if it's our fault that the website is down? Mm. And I would just like had this, this glimpse of like a, what a suicidal thought might feel like, like, you know, I, yeah. and I was just like, okay, Lisa, there's something definitely wrong with you. So that was like a big um, aha moment where I had to reevaluate like how much stress I was under and how much pressure that I was getting from all these different directions. So wow. I ended up going to um, Canyon Ranch for two weeks and nice. somebody had recommended my therapist, I think had recommended it. And that was extremely helpful. And it wasn't just like Canyon Ranch. It's just like going somewhere and just going off the grid and like taking yourself apart and then putting back the pieces that you want. Yeah. And I do want to mention here because I've, I've worked with thousands of people over the last, you know, almost 30 years in restoring their health and vitality and going to a place, even if it's in your own home, if you can recreate your patterns inside of your own home, not only like Mm -hmm. physically, but also mentally and emotionally and spiritually, um, but going and just nourishing yourself with whole foods, like you would get at Canyon Mm -hmm. ranch or some other places like that being connected with nature. So really to what's true, like a different kind of internet, (laughs) the mycelium internet, (laughs) for example, um, having, um, you know, meals in, in groups or have different conversations that are about life and meaning and purpose, which may or may not happen at Canyon Ranch. I don't know. Um, but community, community gathering around mealtime is something that, gosh, it just seems like another world that, that, that exists in, but that that's been a huge pillar in most communities, you know, is, is gathering together to, to share meals. Um, so just think those pillars of what you went through in those two weeks, you know, probably contributed. And I just want to highlight it for anyone who's listening, who feels like they need to get some space, uh, you know, from their lives, so they can see things more clearly and gain some perspective, um, nourishing your body, taking time out away, being in nature. Like these are really important pillars to, to re reboot yourself, to realign yourself, to revitalize yourself. Yes, totally. And when I, when I went there, they had told me, oh, you're going to, it's great that you're going by yourself. My husband ended up meeting me there after about seven days. Mm. And um, I thought, you know, when I'm there by myself, I'm not going to, I really don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to be by myself and, Mm. you know, kind of be in this, like, just like, I don't know, reflective time. It it was a cocoon, but Mm. I ended up really meeting some amazing people and having unbelievable conversations because, the, the cool thing about it is that everybody's there for the same purpose. Like you're trying to help yourself. You're trying, you're there for health reasons. You're not there to, you know, stay at the bar every night until two in the morning. There's actually right. no bar there. You're like you in, the, in the sauna or like you're in the jacuzzi <laughs> yeah. or the mineral bath or the yeah. plunge, you know, like sweating it out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was nice to have the conversations that were with people that were like-minded and kind of in a similar state of healing. therapy and, yeah. and reset and healing. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. So um, how do you manage it all? Like, how do you find the balance, you know, especially when your children were younger, what, what was something that you use? Um, some people love to use their calendar. Um, other people, it's more intuitive, but like, what do you, what did you use or what do you use to kind of balance it for yourself? Well, yeah. Yoga has always been a big part of my life since my twenties. And when I hmm. first started yoga, that was really, I, I did it purely for athletic physical reasons. Like I didn't really realize how much it was doing. It was really helping me mentally. And, you know, now yeah. looking back, I see that it really was an integral part of like, you know, the, 
however many times I did it a week, like it helped me mentally reset it's meditative movement. And mm. I never looked at it like that. And then, you know, over the past 10 years, I started really tuning into the meditative part of it and the quietness. And, um, I ended up getting my yoga certification really just for personal development reasons. And, um, I was writing a book called digital detox secrets. And I wanted just to have that kind of like research and development. I didn't really get the certification to teach. I ended up teaching a little bit here part-time, but, um, and it's funny with meditation. Like I, I always thought when people were coming into the class after my yoga class, it was a meditation class. And I thought, I mean, how, like, what a waste of time. Like, <laughs> like I looked at them, like they were crazy. Like, they, like somebody needed to go have a talk with them. Like they're going to drive to sit and do nothing. Like there's no purpose, you know? Right. And then when I, when I started realizing the value of meditation, you know, I will, I would take a, a plane to go to a meditation. I know, you know, just to get that, that sort of oneness, like that samadhi workshop. Oh, it's yeah. so funny. Yeah. I mean, it's, when it I was a while. Canyon ranch, yeah. When I was at Canyon ranch, I thought, oh, I'm going to do, you know, continue to do yoga. And then I thought, let me just like get out of my box and do something that I've never done before. So I, one of my one-on-ones I did was um, Qigong and I've <sighs> never done Qigong Powerful. and I became obsessed with it. And so now today, that's what I, that's really my secret sauce is I, I do about 10 minutes in the morning and I do about 10 minutes at night and it's helped my sleep. It's helped my energy. It's helped my attitude. It's helped my just structure, my being. It's, it's really like a big magic wand that I am happy I figured out. I love that. Uh, So for those of us listening, did you hear that? Just 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening can make all the difference in the world. I think a lot of the people in my community are like really bogged down with like, oh, I got to do all this stuff for self-care and it has to take hours and no, it doesn't, but you have to find out the thing that's going to make the biggest difference for you. Like me too. I mean, yoga for me has been like the end all be all. It's everything I've become and who I'm becoming. Mostly, I don't headline with that either. It's like, that's just, but that is it. That is true. Um, and I recently got introduced to Qigong, my uh, current life partner, boyfriend um, is really into it. He's been teaching me and I'm just like, whoa, you know, cause it, yeah, it's like we, the movement and I can feel the energy. It's like, it's just, it's just profound. It's so cool. Like when you do the, this, you know, yeah. like rubbing your hands together yeah. and just like the knocking on your chest and stuff. It, yeah, it's yeah. so, yeah, it's so like, yeah. I don't know, like how, why didn't anybody share this with me? And why is it more popular? Like why aren't there Qigong <laughs> studios? I don't understand. I think there are, I think there are, um, you know, it was, it was fascinating to see why things trend going back to the PR conversation. Like why is something trending and other thing isn't. And there are a lot of people um, who are listening, who are, um, have small and, and mid-sized businesses and PR seems like the furthest thing, you know, they're just trying to like, which, what do I do? Do I do IGTV? Do I do YouTube? Do I blog? Do I do Facebook ads? Like, it's like, it's kind of overwhelming. And the reality is that PR is by far one of the most important things that you can do. So tell us about your program. You have a, um, a program that's going to help, help people, entrepreneurs, um, you know, get PR and have them be able to be empowered to do it on their own. Right. Yep. Yeah. So I wrapped all my 20 years of my PR secrets into this course and, you know, it, it really, 
it, it, it's perfect for entrepreneurs, coaches, authors, small business owners, or PR professionals that just want to level up their game. If they maybe have a background in PR, but they want to know some of these tips and tricks, they can, um, they can learn it. So it's called Modern PR Secrets, and um, it, you can find out about it at buyerpr.com. And it really walks you through um, using public relations through social media, using public relations to influence Google, um, optimizing your content just to get more exposure, even if it's just through your social media content. Um, it takes you through how to pitch an editor, um, how to figure out who to pitch for your story, how to write a pitch letter, how, you know, the, the kind of the crafting of press releases. And it also, you know, what I love to talk about is that you don't have to go through these journalists as the gatekeeper. It's still part of the process. It's still definitely something to do, but you can do what you're doing. You can um, host, you can have your own podcast. You can use your own media to be your own brand journalist and become the expert. And that that combined with some of the traditional PR um, processes and um, ways that are still valid, but combining the power of hosting your own show, having your own YouTube channel, having your own, you know, weekly Facebook Live or LinkedIn Live, depending on where your audience is, I mean, people are tuning in to, you know, you don't have to be, you know, like a host of the Today Show to be heard and to be considered an expert. You can yeah, have your own, right? your own show. And, um, you know, it's, it's the power of the media. And when you do have your own show, what my course also teaches is how to optimize to make sure that you're using the right keywords and hashtags so that you're getting the most exposure. And the playing fields are now leveled out. Like you can compete against the Today Show. You can, you know, attract guests that your audience is going to want to hear about. And that, you know, I like to use the example of the secret, the law of attraction, like attracts like. So the more, you know, you put out there, the more you're going to get back I love it. that energy. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the me media coverage attracts more media coverage. So that momentum starts and you can do it yourself. You don't have to hire a PR agency. You can dedicate three to five hours a week consistent. And I also like to remind of having the right mindset for public relations, that public relations isn't like an advertising campaign that you say, okay, I'm gonna spend $500. It's gonna start on this day and it's gonna end on this day. This is what the artwork's gonna look like. This is what the you know the headline yeah. is gonna say. So with PR, it's something that you're, you're putting out. It's, it's like a sales process, it's earned media and earned media is considered eight times more credible than advertising. Wow, that's so right, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to get the social proof as seen in Vogue or as seen in Forbes from a Facebook ad. Nobody puts right. as seen in Facebook, you know, on their their website. They don't, you know, it's not like a bragging point, but mm -hmm. you can't take away like when you're featured or quoted in um, a media outlet, even if it's an industry local outlet, it's still considered um, media coverage and Absolutely. social proof. Yeah. And I think that yeah. especially for the people listening, where a lot of us are in the health industry, and um, in order to help people genuinely, they need to trust you. Mm -hmm. And those endorsements that you're referring to are essential. Uh, if we don't have people's yeah. trust, we can't, with, with the innovative thinking that, that I'm involved in, that people who are engaged with my work are involved in, 
you know, we we're talking about things that are very natural and cutting edge, but they're new enough and different enough in the mainstream that we we have to you know encourage our credibility so that people can you know listen to us with the the open ear that we need for them to invite these solutions, because you can regain your vitality. There's there's no doubt about yeah. it. Your body is resilient, and the time is now for us to be focusing on our immune systems. But people just don't take responsibility for their choices. They don't realize the impact their choices are making. Both. Um, the food that they're eating, the thoughts that they're thinking and, and the things that they're doing and how they're doing them. It's so true. Yes. And I mean, you know, if that's your area of expertise and you're the voice and you're the expert, you know, they're going to listen to somebody. So you might as well be the one that they're listening to, you know, right. I know. I love it. It's so great. So, um, <laughs> so how can people find out more about this, this uh, program that you're offering? So it's buyerpr.com. Um, and I don't know if you want to put the link in the show notes. Yeah, we will. Something that For you sure. Do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the other passion project that I wanted to just share is Female Disruptors. So that's the magazine that I started a couple of years ago that I kind of like would dream about working on when I was being pulled and dragged in a million directions with my PR clients. But Female Disruptors, we're having the first um, virtual summit in January. And you can go to femaledisruptors.com and learn about um, from other female disruptors of all generations. So Gen Z, millennials, Gen X, Gen Y, and boomers are all gonna share their wisdom and their talent so that we can all learn from each other. I love that. (laughs) That's great. So people can sign up to be um, a spectator? Yep, they can attend for free or there's a VIB package. So whichever one you wanna do, you can find it at femaledisruptors.com. That's fantastic. That's so exciting. Yeah, there's lots of women who... who I think, you know, don't necessarily believe that they're disruptors. I think that's important to remember um, our unique imprint. And uh, right now, especially this generation, our kids, um, they're thinking differently. And they, mm-hmm. they're thinking in ways that sometimes I struggle to even understand. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, but then when, but the way they're challenging the status quo is like so exciting. I'm so excited for our future. <laughs> generation. Yes. I mean, it's, it's exciting. We can learn a lot from them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I'm so glad you're including that younger generation. I remember I hosted, um, I spoke at the UN for uh, eating for peace uh, and it was a, a youth summit. And the kids, you know, I thought, what are we doing up here as adults? I mean, these kids should be running the show. I mean, they have the <laughs> best ideas. I mean, the way they were engaging in the audience and I'm just yeah, it's just their their BS radars are so off the charts. I mean, they cannot be fooled, not for a second. <laughs> yeah, so true. It's so true. And even these these my my daughter's friends who are like really hardcore AOC devotees. Like the other day, they were like AOC said something just didn't add up, and I'm like, oh wow, interesting. Like you know, they actually are questioning <laughs> even the people that they respect. So I I really appreciate yeah. the level of independent thinking that I'm I'm observing. It's pretty exciting. Oh yeah. My daughter's the same way. Like I'll bring up something and she's like, well, I have, I have a few opinions about that. I don't know if you want to hear about it. I'm like, okay. At least she asked <laughs> yes, for permission. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, don't ever ask my daughter what she thinks. Cause she will give it to you straight. And you may not want to unhear what you heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you just <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Truth tellers. Well, thank you so much uh, for being a guest on the show today. And thank um, you. Yeah. And I'm just really um, inspired by your story, you know, as moms, um, you know, our kids come first and they instigate as they did for you and for me, um, the changes that actually need to happen, which is just such a miracle. 
Yeah. And the struggle is real. You know, being a parent today is not easy where there's <laughs> no roadmap like there used to be. We're in uncharted territories. It's true. And I think it's also because it was just our grandmother's generation where it was taboo to work. And our mothers, my mother worked, you know, on and off, but I think that we're really this first generation where all the demands are there and and heck, we, we actually don't, we don't mind it. Right. We want to do it all. We want to have it all, but it's still very, very new. And there's no guidebook for that, how to be a mom, how to be a wife, how to be an entrepreneur and also take care of ourselves. And oftentimes it leads to divorce, burnout, or absentee parenting, and yeah. that is not okay. That that's like that's the beginning yeah. of the end for like our the structure of you know the future generations. It's very yeah. challenging time in that in this way. Yeah. And my husband, who's about 10 years older, he's like, you know, Lisa, you don't have to work. Like, don't worry about working so hard. Why are you working so hard? And you know, that's a fortunate situation to be in, but like that's not who I am. Like I want to work and I want to have my independent identity and my independent, you know, money that I'm bringing in. And I want to teach that to our kids moving forward that, you know, you don't, I don't know, there's pros and cons to it. (laughs) There is, I think that children, I noticed children of um, entrepreneurs and working parents really think differently than children who don't have that. And I'm not saying one is better or one is worse. I'm just noticing the way they're, the way these kids who have parents who are working or even entrepreneurs, they, the way they, sh- they think of the world and the way they see the, how the world works is, is just really different. Mm-hmm. And also what they see as possible is really different. So I think there's value to it, but you know, it's not, not always easy because you can't always be there, you know, uh, when they want you to be, which, you know, can cause friction. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But anyway, to be continued. Thanks again. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be of value to your community, please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcast.jennifer-helene.com backslash podcast-guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. And mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene, and thanks for spending your precious time with me.